Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatton rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over. Mamma mia. He's done it. Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko. Uh. Welcome back to BTR Boxing Podcast Network. We're back on air. It's been a really difficult week this week for, for me personally. I put it out on social media, didn't we, that I'd had COVID, I contracted it again. I got it last September. I got it again uh, the weekend just gone and I've really struggled with it all week and I really wasn't sure whether I was going to do an episode this week or even get the chance to talk about the weekend's action. So this isn't really a conventional big fight reaction show or big fight preview show as such I thought we'd just sit down Johnston and you know record now it's later on in the week and I've had a chance to recover a little bit still feeling the effects of it of course but I enjoy talking about the sport and I, I enjoy the fact that people do relate to what we say and you guys that listen to us you do really enjoy listening to what we've got to say about the sport so I felt like if I feel a little bit better by the end of the week I'll certainly uh, jump back on so so this is kind of where I'm at now guys I'm back on I'm here to talk about Derek Chisora's fight against Pulev because I've been itching to talk about it all week but I've just been focusing on getting better first so Derek Chisora Pulev then you know what Johnston I didn't expect it to be that kind of a fight like I'm going to hand this over to you because I'm interested to know like what your thoughts are because we've not had the opportunity because I've been ill to actually talk about this fight. No, we ain't. And um, I mean, we, we know what to expect from Derek and we know what he's going to give us. Um, it was either going to be one of them ones where sort of Derek blows his tank and then uh, Pulev sort of takes over. Or I mean, we didn't really discuss quite much how we felt the fight was going to go. It was more to do with the fact that this fight probably shouldn't be happening. But then, you know, what you do get with these type of fights is a good, it was a good fight. It was a fun fight to watch. And 
and Derek Chisora, a lot of people obviously, you know, doubt him. Um, and, you know, to be fair, I think Pulev won the fight. I'll be honest with you. I feel like he just, I feel it was even in sort of up until the first 10 rounds. I had it five each and I had Pulev winning those last two rounds. On a personal basis, I thought Pulev nicked it. A draw probably would have been fair. But in the end, Derek got the result. I was quite happy with it. But in terms of the fight itself, look, it was thoroughly entertaining. You think one's going to go and then he comes back and it hurts Pulev. And it's, it was a topsy-turvy fight. Um, we all enjoy it. Heavyweight game, you know, and, and that's what the fans pay the tickets for. And that's why Derek... No matter what people say about him, he's still selling them tickets, showing not he? It's mad, isn't it? Like, because I know I was pretty much against the fight happening because I didn't feel there was any significance to the fight. I still don't, even in the aftermath. I mean, what has it really proven to between the two of them? All it's proven to yeah. me is that we've got two fighters again at the back end of the careers. That whilst it was an exciting fight, it was an exciting fight because their skills are clearly declining. Like, yeah. Pulev a few years ago wouldn't, yeah. have missed, wouldn't have missed half of the jabs that he missed. He would have connected with a lot more of them shots that he missed against Chisora. And Chisora, like, I don't even know how he manages to consume as much punishment as he does these days. And people just say, oh, well, it's his style now. He's adopted this style. What of being hit constantly? Because that's all I saw. He's, you know, yeah. at time, I'll be honest, at times it looked all right when it, when it first started because he was doing this sort of Joe Fraser style, bobbing and weaving and working his way on the inside. And I thought, you know what, this, this might turn out to be all right if they can keep up the pace. They kept up the pace until about the sixth, seventh round in. And that's when they both started to slow. And that's when you could see Pulev was getting his shots off a lot more. And Chisora was struggling with his head movement, his footwork. But he had that heart and determination, which is what kept him in the fight and stopped him from from losing this fight by being knocked out. Ultimately, he got a decision, which people argue shouldn't have been given to him. But is it a case of they felt like they should give it to him because he's had a few of them the way they should have gone his way previously. Yep. I mean, I hope that's not how they've assessed this fight when they've judged it. I mean, I look at this fight again now a few days after the fact that it's happened and I think to myself, it probably was a fight that could have been scored either way or quite easily given a draw. I'm not dissatisfied with the result. You know, a little part of me feels happy for Del Boy Chisora because of what he's done to the, to the sport, he's brought some really crazy moments, he's brought some negativity, he's brought some positivity, we said it in the preview to the fight, you know, he's changed from this bad boy to this this role model in, in some respects now from what he once was, so it's nice that, you know, he has kind of got his just desserts here really, did he really deserve to win the fight? Well, if you're going on heart alone, then yeah, because he won on heart, but reality is, he, he probably should have lost the fight, but people will see this how they want to see it. I, I saw it as it could have gone either way or it quite easily could have been scored a draw. At the end of the fight, I didn't go into it thinking, you know what, Chisora's definitely won it. I actually felt like it might have been a draw. If I'm being totally honest, I thought that would yeah. have been the best result out of it all. However, Chisora gets the nod. But the most concerning fact for me after the fight was the fact that they mentioned... He wants to fight the best of his era. Okay, I get that. I understand why he wants to do that. But putting him in there with Deontay Wilder, uh, I'm just not so sure about that one. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think <laughs> the trouble is, is that he wants his... He, did he say, I want my caviar now, already? I don't want me pie and mash or sausage and mash, or whatever he's saying. Um, 
he wants the big paydays. I mean, it looks like, t- to me, I, I think uh, Robert Hellanius and Wilder, that seems like that's a fight that's due to happen. Yep. Um, I don't see the point in even fighting uh, why, why Chisora would... I, could, I can understand he wants to fight all the best of that. I mean, Joshua and Wilder are probably the last two. Um, I mean, Dillian White is on a bit of a decline after his defeat. I mean, he, he will deal with Chisora. Could be a confidence booster for him, and that's extra money. That'd sell at the O2 again. Yeah, you know, I think if he wants to earn some caviar, I mean, have that fight. If he goes to American fights Wilder, where's the caviar exactly? You're gonna go to what? Um, you're gonna go to to the Barclays Center and and just get knocked out by Wilder. Uh, you're not gonna earn as much money as you think. You're actually gonna he's gonna earn more money here. The Americans ain't gonna want to go out and see Derek get battered because um, there's not that much of a following, and you're not gonna have the too many Brits are not going to want to travel out to America to support Del Boy. No disrespect to him. He's got a good following, but in this country, yes, absolutely. Not in America. We ain't going to have people paying thousands of pounds for flights and hotels just to go and watch Del Boy get knocked out by Wilder. Um, so I think he needs to stay in this country. I think if he wants that big, you know, fight white, but, you know, Fury has already mentioned the fact that he would give Del Boy an opportunity at some point. Um, I think I think he, he's a man of his word. I wouldn't be surprised if time Tyson Fury does fight him. I think he needs to keep eyes on the Joshua fight because I think if he wants the real big money payday, we already mentioned that before the fight. I think AJ's there for him because AJ, you know, although he's saying all the right things at the minute, I still don't believe he's going to be good enough to beat Usyk. So if he could, that, that's another climb on you know for for, for Joshua. We, we've said that already. So I think they're the fights, the Dillian White fight and the Anthony Joshua fight. And Tyson Fury, the, the, the top guys over here, they're the ones. If he wants his caviar, they're the ones to have, mate. Well, it's funny you should say that because on Sunday, before I really got struck down by being ill, I went on to Lukey's ITR boxing channel and we spoke about the aftermath of Chisora Pulev on his channel on the Sunday. And he was talking about like what fights do you want to see for him now? Like, I, ideally, what, what would be the best one? And I said, for me, ideally... Anthony Joshua loses to Usyk. I don't want him. I'm not necessarily saying I want him to lose to <laughs> just Usyk. Just him off, isn't <laughs> I'm not. I'm not necessarily saying I want him to lose. But what I'm trying to say is, I think he loses, and I think Derek Chisora would be the perfect comeback opponent because Chisora gets paid and gets paid well. He gets that caviar, and Joshua gets a confidence-building fight because even if he loses to Usyk and it's a two defeats back-to-back, there is still a lot of marketability in Anthony Joshua at this stage of his career. There is still, obviously, fights out there for him that can be made that will make money, whereas Chisora's at the end. He needs one or two big final paydays before he can ride off into the sunset. An Anthony Joshua payday would be the perfect one because even though, you know, Anthony Joshua potentially loses to Usyk, the thing is, even if he comes back, I'm pretty sure he would still do really good numbers at Wembley Stadium. I think even if you put yep. a sweeping brush in the ring with Anthony Joshua at Wembley Stadium, people are still <laughs> going to come out and yep. watch him fight, aren't they? So, like, Chisora yep. against Joshua is one of the only fights that really hasn't happened for Chisora or for Joshua. So, you know, these are names on each other's resume that neither have got. And I think it would be wouldn't really do anything for for, jo- for Joshua's resume, but for Chisora, it'd add that name to his list of people he's fought, like the best of the best of his era. And that's what he said. That part of what he said, I really can't fault him for. It just worries no. me about the sort of punishment he could take potentially in getting there. 
Yeah, I mean, and the other fact is, I, think, I mean, we're, we're almost completely written Joshua off. I mean, he still could... I'm not completely writing him off in terms of that, you know, it's the heavyweight game, you could land something. But we just believe Usyk is just that class act. So we believe Usyk's going to win the fight. But, you know, if even if he does, as you say, it's not a big deal. You could fight Jazora. What you could do is you could have a Derek Jazora against a Joshua, and then you could have a Dillian White against somebody else, whether it be like a Joe Joyce or... Or no, obviously not Parker again because I know they've already fought. But that sort of, you know, two big, you know, four big heavyweights. I mean, if Tyson Fury, I doubt if he'd because he's obviously with other promotion companies and stuff. I don't think he would. But someone of that, you know, even Daniel Dubois against Dillian White, you know, someone like that. You know what I mean? And that's just just an idea off the top of my head where you got two big fights, four big heavyweights, and then just pack the card out with a few uh, prospects and up and comers, um, close. English titles, whatever, or British titles. There's a card right there, and it's big money. You could sell out Wembley Stadium. Maybe not 90,000, but you could do sort of 70,000, and Del Boy gets his payday. But yeah, I mean, the fact is, is you do, everyone wants to see it, but not really, because everyone's like, if you're having that much trouble against Pulev, I mean, just imagine how much trouble he's going to be in against these younger fellas. Um, you know, Del Boy wasn't that great anyway. He wasn't. Um, I think people would be a bit deluded to say that oh, he's changed his style. No, he's just made it more crowd-pleasing and he decided he's going to take more wax in the head, which makes it fun because he's got pretty tough chin. Um, but yeah, look, he looked exhausted after the round two, though, Sean, didn't he? He was playing out of his arse. <laughs> I was thinking, how's he going to last this fight? Because he's really winding up them body shots, as you were saying, like going on like Joe Frazier in there. And it was good to see for six minutes. But the fight itself, I mean, it was fun, but it was almost like... Um, Tyson, uh, Mike Tyson against uh, Jones Jr. You know, two old boys having a scuff, and it was just good fun watching it. But unfortunately, these are the guys at the top end of their career, and they're on the way out. Well, something that's happened in the last few days in the aftermath of this fight happening is the fact that Deontay Wilder now looks like he's going to be returning to fight Robert Hellenius, as you said at the top of the show. You mentioned yeah. Hellenius now being the comeback opponent. That's a pretty dangerous comeback opponent for Deontay yeah. Wilder because Hellenius, a former Chisora opponent, who arguably Chisora got robbed against, I think he pretty much did in that fight years ago. You know, I think this is a perfect opponent for uh, Deontay Wilder because I think these are two guys that I've got really great power in the hands where they're really gonna it's gonna be like a uh, a shootout at the OK Corral at the old westerns you know these two guys are gonna go in there they're gonna load up and it's gonna be a case of who's gonna be able to take each other's punch first or who's gonna go down first so that's fights being mooted as, as a fight later in the year for Wilder to come back to the ring. And to be honest with you, like for all the shit that we give Wilder for his excuses and the bullshit he does come out with at times, I want to see him back in the heavyweight division. I want to see where he goes. I want to see, you know, the, the potential fights that are out there. Andy Ruiz obviously fights Luis Ortiz in September. So, you know, I think the fact that that's happening and the fact that, you know, you've got Wilder returning means that there is a good few fights out there that we can potentially see in the heavyweight division. Hellenius Wilder, I think, is a pretty good fight. I I, I would be happy to see that made. I'd be happy to see them both in the ring. Because remember, Hellenius is the guy where people thought, you know, he's washed up, he's done. And then he goes and beats Adam Kwanaki twice, the prospect, the <laughs> guy that was supposed to be on the way up. And he's put himself in this position now where people don't want to fight him because he's too much of a risk and you're not going to get paid very well for it. So I think if Wilder wants to come back and make a statement, 
going in there and knocking out Robert Hellenius would be the way to do it. So it'd be nice to see him back, you know, for all this shit that he comes with and all these uh, alter egos that he brings to the uh, to the build-up to fights. I'd want to see him back and I'd want to see if a win would take him to a different trajectory or how, it, how he would fit into the heavyweight picture and... You know how Tyson Fury fits into that picture if he he keeps talking on social media. I'm actually not paying any attention to it at the moment because until I actually see him sat at a press conference for a fight, everything at the moment is just all smoke and mirrors. And I feel like he's just trying to keep himself relevant, even though he's still classed as the heavyweight champion of the world. I think he's still trying to keep himself on everybody's lips at the moment and that's probably just him being a businessman and just trying to keep his name out there but in reality what we want to see is we want to see the winner of Usyk versus Joshua go on to fight Fury but I just don't know whether it's going to happen but enough talk of the heavyweights Johnston we've talked for 15 minutes about the Chisora fight and the heavyweight division something that's really piqued our interest this week and it's piqued everybody's interest is a very, very well-rumoured fight between Conor Ben and Chris Eubank Jr. at a catchweight. I've seen £156, I've seen £158, just below the middleweight limit. I've seen posters going around that are fan-made, where people are actually posting about it. Boxing Social are posting about it quite a lot. Is this really going to happen? And what do you make of it if it does? (coughs) Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Excuse me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I said um, that Connor Ben, I think he's a bit daft to even attempt to go there because um, he's still young. Connor's a young boy. He's going to um, probably grow into this weight. And I think it's a, it's a crazy thing to jump up to sort of one five six if he's looking at a catch weight. Um I think it's it works out it's obviously completely in Eubank's favour. You know, he's the bigger guy. You know, the catch weight, how what we're talking about here as well with the catch weight, when are they actually doing the weighing? Are they doing the weighing on a Friday for the fight on a Saturday? It tends to be twenty four hours. So all you're gonna see is what Eubank boiled down to what one five six to make that catch weight. He'd be entering the ring easily one six eight. 
probably 170. Like literally, he'll put on 12 pounds like that. 166, 170. It will be anything from 165 to 170 by the time Eubank Jr. enters that ring. And you, and that's the difference with Conor Ben. Is he he will work hard to get to himself to the 156, and he will probably come in just on just over that. You know, 169, 160. Straight away, I just think it's just too much of a weight difference. It's not like no no disrespect to the female boxing, but you know the depth of the female boxing is different. Where you need to have these sort of type of fights where one's probably sort of playing catch up in terms of weight. But for me, I, I just I, I, it's it's all about the Eubank Ben. You know we've, we've, that's been and gone. You know you can watch them fights as much as you like. We were fortunate enough to live through it. Um, I just don't feel that this is a fight that's needed for Ben. I think it's a dangerous fight for Ben. I think he could have this fight in a couple of years um, when Eubank's a little bit older. I mean, he's, he's already sort of the wrong side of 30, don't be wrong, but where he's grown a bit more. I mean, I don't know what you think, Sean. I just think it's too soon for Ben. And I think you've seen it before. We've seen it with Khan. We've seen it with Brooke. When they've had to step up in weight, and they get demolished. Yes, they fought higher-class quality player, fighters in Golovkin and Canelo, and Eubank is not that level. But I just believe that what happened to them two impacted the careers going forward, and I think that's what Conor Ben has got to be worried about. He's got to be looking at that, and I know he's, he's all up for it, but the team around him was saying, look, mate, it's just a, it's not a worthy fight for you. There's big fights for you already at welterweight. Go and prove yourself against those guys, and keep Eubank waiting. Eubank just wants a payday. I'm glad you've said it like that because that is exactly how it makes me feel. I feel yeah. like this fight is similar to the way Kelbrook was thrown to Golovkin and we was all made to think that Kelbrook had a legitimate chance of of dethroning Golovkin. And don't get me wrong, he boxed well for the most part, but you could tell it wasn't having no effect whatsoever on Golovkin. I mean, Canelo's punches it were just being eaten up by Golovkin. Like they were monster munch, you know what I mean? It was just no problem for him. So Kel Brook yeah. weren't even weren't even tickling him. It was like probably a feather dust tickling him when he was hitting <laughs> him. So like, do you really think Conor Ben is going to be able to step up to fight a guy two weights above him who, who potentially can go three weights above him at one six eight because he's fought a super middleweight? Do you really think like someone who who weighs one four seven who probably comes into the ring at maybe one five five on the night is gonna fight a guy who probably comes in at one seven one seven five even near like heavyweight on the night. It's twenty exactly. pound it's twenty pounds difference between them. It's over a stone's difference between them. I think it's a stupid idea. And guess who's behind the idea? Eddie Hearn again. This is the same Eddie Hearn. It's Eddie who put Kel Brook in with Golovkin and sold it to us. Sold it to us mm-hmm. like it was the impossible dream. This is just being sold on the basis of their fathers before them. And I don't agree with that because I think they're both forging their own career paths. And as it stands, the way Conor Ben's career has turned around from them early rugged days, he's actually looking more like the one who's going to be the one that's going to walk away from this sport with more accolades if he continues on this correct trajectory in his career. Eubank Jr., like you said, He's at this stage of his career now where he should be taking mega fights in his own division and he's still not found his pen. He's still not found that damn pen to sign these big fights. And that is the problem with him. Until he goes in there and beats a big name, which I don't think he has done yet. He hasn't beat a major player in any of the divisions yet. Until he does that, he's going to be one of them fighters that'll go down and just be remembered as an underachiever. Whereas I think Conor Ben, if managed right... The key word here being, if managed, 
if he's managed correctly and not thrown into this fight and he's put in with the likes of Keith Furman or Jose Ramirez, even they seem a step too far at this stage of his career. But because of where he's at in the welterweight division, they don't seem as impossible or, you know, too much of a of a difficulty to believe. Whereas this, it just seems like it's a cash grab opportunity. Eubank, yeah, wrong side of thirties. Connor Ben, mid twenties, still got a good five, six, seven years at a potential peak for himself. I mean, I don't think we've seen him at his peak yet. I think his peak's gonna come if he stays in the welterweight division. I just think it's... I understand why boxing media outlets are plugging it and plugging the shit out of it. I, I get why they're doing it. But for me, it's not. it shouldn't happen. It really shouldn't happen. As as much as, don't get me wrong, I tune in to see it because of that rivalry, the nostalgia aspect of it, yeah, fantastic. But it's dangerous. It's dangerous for Conor Ben. And... I mean, we've we've talked about Conor Ben. Is it dangerous for Eubank? He's the one that's got to boil himself down to that weight. How dangerous is it for Chris Eubank Jr. to boil himself down to that weight? You know. Yeah, I pe- think. I, yeah, that's that's the other thing as well, isn't it? That's that's the worry for him. But then the thing is, is I think you know, it's twenty four hours. I think you can, uh, you know, he will dehydrate himself and then he will he will do it. He will make the weight. Even it's, so, what happens if he doesn't make the weight, Sean? And also, if if it's if he if he doesn't, they're still gonna fight as a fight off. I doubt it. So, so say he comes in a pound over, what they're gonna, you know, there's no titles on the line. What's the forfeit? What a few hundred thousand? I mean, how much they're gonna earn from the fight? Probably going quite quite a bit from it. And then if you're gonna do it, maybe do same day weighing. Try that. I'm sure Eubank Junior wouldn't really want the same day weighing, having to come in what sort of nine o'clock in the morning and then have to rehydrate because that would then close the gap a little bit, maybe. Maybe, maybe. You know, it's just one of the moments, Johnston, where I just feel like it's... I wish they'd stop talking about it. I wish they'd genuinely stop talking about it. And I wish people around the two fighters would stop getting in their ears. Because I think that's also happening, which is why it's adding yep. more fuel to the fire. Uh, personally, I don't want to see it. Would I watch it? Well, of course I'd bloody watch it. Absolutely. But I really don't want to <laughs> see it. I want to see Conor Ben go on in the welterweight division. And I want to see him fight the big names. That's what I want to see. I want to. I want to see Eubank finally pick up that bleeding pen from his notebook and actually fight somebody with a name, you know, like a Caleb Plant. At, you know what I mean? At one six eight, a Caleb Plant at one six eight. Why? Why not take a fight like that? Why not face Demetrius Andrade? Why not fight someone like that? Stop fighting people that are not going to bring any relevance to your legacy. If you're creating your own legacy, fight the guys that need to be fought. It's just dead frustrating. As a fight fan, I just want to see the best fights being made, like many fight fans want to see. And this is not a fight that needs to be made. So, yeah, it's very frustrating. But I felt like it was a topic that needed to be brought up for this this yep. little this little ranting episode that we're doing here because you know <laughs> it's not our conventional stuff that we normally do but I feel like you know perfect opportunity after having a really crap week personally to have a bit of a rant and let a bit of steam off and I thought this was the perfect way to do I, it I, I tell you one thing I'd like to see Chris Eubank Jr. step in the room with Paterbia or someone like that you know if he wants to talk about skipping weights you know, if he wants to show his bollocks go on you jump up a couple of weights go and fight one of them boys Bivor or something like that because I'm sure he wouldn't he wouldn't want to know nowhere, nowhere near 
No, absolutely. I agree. I totally agree with you. Well, we're not doing, like I said, a big fight preview, but there are a few fights on that I wanted to mention. Not as many this weekend. It is pretty quiet over the weekend, but Frank Warren has the card on at the Copper Box with Lennox Clark and Mark Heffron fighting for the Commonwealth, the British, the vacant IBF Intercontinental Super Middleweight title. It's a pretty decent fight to be tuning into this weekend. I'm happy to see Nick Ball back out as well this weekend. Hamza Sheraz, I think he's a fighter that people have got a lot of expectation in in the middleweight division. He's also back out this weekend. Dennis McCann, once labelled as the next Nazim Hamed, he's fighting James Beach Jr., which is a pretty decent step up for him as well. And then you've got some other fights on the card where it's literally prospect versus journeyman as we know it's usually littered through frank lawrence card with prospect versus journeyman uh, the other big fight of the weekend that i think we should be tuning into is ryan garcia fighting javier fortuna this weekend i think that's uh, an interesting fight to be tuning into as well because yes. it's happening it's on the zone or if you're going to watch it go and check our friends at daz tv on twitter go and check out their available services there to be able to tune in to ryan garcia and javier fortuna you know he's a fighter who again you know he needs to start fighting some guys soon he needs to start fighting some names in the division you know you've got the likes of haney and cambosis fighting it out in the lightweight division and you've got Ryan Garcia saying like, you know, look, I'm the best. I'm one of the best. I'm this, I'm that. Well, why are you not fighting any of the guys and that's around you? You know, this, this fight is actually showing us up at super lightweight. So I don't know why it's up at super lightweight. I don't know why he's, 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 is he, can he not make the weight? Is it because he's been out for a little while? I'm not too sure why it's showing up at, at super lightweight, but he is fighting Javier Fortuna, which, I'm not saying it's a bad fight for Garcia. You know, it is just gonna, it's just gonna keep him active. Obviously, he had a fight in April this year. That was his last fight. And then before that, he'd not fought in over a year. So he needs to start taking the big fights in the lightweight divisions. I'm expecting a Ryan Garcia win. I'm not gonna beat around the bush. Ryan Garcia wins his fight against Fortuna. I think he outboxes him. Potentially stops him late. Uh, it'll be good to see him back in action. But if he doesn't call anybody out after this fight, any of the decent lightweights in the division, uh, I don't even know what to say. He's just another wasted talent that needs to hurry up and fight somebody. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the problem with Ryan is is the fact that he, I mean he's only a young boy, look, he's twenty three years of age. But I think he, he doesn't help himself, does he, with all his mouthing off and saying how he's this and he's that and just getting involved. I mean, he's a young lad. He, social media's around him. He's famous, you know, but. He and he just loves it. He loves to feed off of it. He gets some people's nerves. Um, yeah, he's just he's just not really the type of guy you want to root for. He's a bit like a, a Eubank Junior in that respect. Well, I've always found it difficult to root for him because of just his the way he carried himself. I didn't like it. I don't like the way Ryan Garcia carries himself. So you automatically, you know, oh, I'll be rooting for Fortuna because I <laughs> I would love him to beat him. Um, I don't think he will. As you say, I think it's a, it's a standard Ryan Garcia win. But, I mean, we've done that list of the under-25-year-olds. And Ryan Garcia in that list. I think we've done about 11 or 12 fighters, Sean. And we had him quite low down on that list because we don't think he's got the balls like the others. You know, Devin Haney, same age as Garcia. And look what he's going to done. You know what I mean? It says it's, it just speaks for itself. Lopez, look what they've, you know, even Cambosis. Um, it says something, you know. He, he keeps talking about Davis. I'd love for him to fight Javante Davis. If he does, then that, that I'd love to see that because I think Davis... You know, it'd be interesting if you got taken a bit further, but Ryan Garcia hasn't shown enough for us. He should be coming through this. 
but you'll probably, if when he does, he'll end up fighting, I don't know, uh, Maxi Hughes next. No disrespect to Maxi, but that's probably what, <laughs> that is no disrespect to Maxi, but that is the type of fighter that he's looking for. Yeah, I think so. He's just making, trying to make himself look as good as possible before he does take them yeah. huge, huge fights. I mean, as long as he takes them, I could be happy as a fight yeah. fan. I can say like, you know what, actually, you know, you've played this a little bit differently than what I've expected, but you've got there in the end. But then you look yeah. at, obviously, Hayden, who's the same age as him, who's now an undisputed lightweight champion. Yeah. So when you make that comparison, you think to yourself, surely if you're as good as what you say you are, you've got no problem in taking these big fights now. I suppose we'll just have to wait to see how it pans out now again. Like we always say, we have to see how it pans out. Things change so much in the sport all the time oh, yeah. that you just you just don't know like what's going to play out and how it's going to play out. Like another example, just sort of finishing up with this episode, Johnston, something that we've not had the chance to talk about. I mean, we don't really talk about the, the whole YouTube transitioning into the sport of boxing, but Jake Paul actually taking on yeah. Hassine Rackman after Tommy Fury has been denied a visa to the US because of the Fury links to Kinahan. So that fight's now off, and now he's fighting Hassine Rackman Jr., who, who lost his first fight recently against Kenzie Morrison, son of Tommy Morrison. But he's got a legit boxing record you know he's a legit fighter these two guys are sparred jake paul hasin rackman jr have sparred hasin rackman jr is a much bigger guy you look at them in the press conferences that have happened this week and i start to think to myself you know if hasin rackman jr goes in there as a legit boxer and jake paul knocks him out you start to really think you know is this guy really real you know it starts to make you have that sort of nagging feeling in the back of your mind that actually you might have to start really tuning into what this guy's doing because if he's actually pulling out legit boxers and beating them and beating them convincingly and not just blown up fighters or MMA transitioned fighters then I think you've got to start to take him seriously I will if he beats Hassan Rackman Jr or does it in a fashion and then starts to beat more opponents with more of fighters with winning records as in like not fighting constant journeymen then maybe I could start to give him a little bit of credit for taking the sport seriously. Amanda Serrano's back in action, obviously, on that card as well on August the 6th. So, you know, I probably will tune into it, which will be the first time I've really actively gone out of the way to tune into one of Jake Paul's fights. But I think he's because he's fighting a legit boxer, a guy who's had more experience than Tommy Fury, I actually think we'll probably get a better fight than what we would have done against Tommy Fury. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I've again, I, I, his name's there. Look, you, if if he if he starts fighting legitimate fighters and he does beat Ratman Ratman uh, Junior, then obviously, um, look, you've got to give him credit for that. But you know, I suppose at that point, I suppose you should be saying, okay, all right, well then, I suppose he is legit because um, he's he's at least fought someone, you know, fought Morrison. That was an interesting fight. Obviously, he lost to Morrison, but um, yeah, I, I think. Um, Look, he, he's bringing eyes to the sport, albeit slightly different to the way we like to sort of see the sport. You know, it's got to develop. Um, so I suppose maybe there is a meet in the middle where they go a little bit too far to the left and, uh, you know, maybe there is a coming together at some point. If he can, look, if he goes and defeats some after this, as you say, a couple of more genuine fighters, and I will take him... Seriously, it's, it's difficult not to. There's a lot of people around that enjoy watching and talking about the fight. I mean, his name gets mentioned on the radio. Um, so it's hard not to. Um, but it is, is that crossover guy, isn't he? Um, you know, 
if he continues to do it, Sean, I suppose there's no, you can't, you can't avoid it, can you really? Um, eventually, I suppose he's going to come up against someone that's going to hurt him though. I mean, that's, that's the problem. That's sort of like, in a way, sort of, from the videos I've seen, I sort of want to see it, but I don't really, because he's just a normal guy, isn't he? You know, he's a normal guy having a fight. Um, and like, he's, we know, like, how many people do we know that are like Jake Paul, that are like, yeah, I could knock him out. And he's that type of geezer. He's like the geezer down the pub you know, back in the day. And it was always the one that would walk in. You'd be like, you know, he can handle himself. You know, he can have it. Um, so, you know, you're not going to take, you know, if someone starts taking liberties out of it, you know, you're going to get knocked out in a minute, mate. Um, because they've just been able to punch. He's a guy that, that has got that and he can, and he's been working out. He's forced himself into a position by using social media. Uh, there's loads of people out there that we know could have done that. Obviously, other things happened in their lives, but, um, so yeah, look, good luck to the fella. He's making millions as well. I don't like his attitude. I hate the flashing and the money. I hate the Mayweather kind of shitty thing. I hate all that. But look, it is what it is. Um, I sort of hope he don't get hurt. I suppose that's the one thing I'm getting because <laughs> I think he will eventually, mate. Well, let's see what happens with him, eh? We'll talk about it near the time because I'm sure, yeah, as the time comes, there'll be more talk around this fight and a little bit more hype around it as well. I'm just interested yeah. to see how it all pans out. I think that's it, Johnson. I think that's pretty much it yeah. for a little bit of a uh, little bit of a recap of the week, and obviously mentioned a few of the fights that are happening this weekend. So it is really a pretty quiet week. So I'm going to take the opportunity once again to let everybody know that Legendary Night Season Three is live. The first two episodes are already up there. You've got the tale of Mora versus Foreman, the tale of Delahoya versus Trinidad, and the next episode coming very shortly. This coming Monday. Monday, the tale of Tyson versus Bruno. Please make sure you tune into that on Monday. And if you're a patron, well, first of all, a big thank you for being a patron. But secondly, your early access to Tyson versus Bruno is already available on patreon.com forward slash BTR Boxing Podcast. So make sure you've tuned in and listened to it and not missed it on there. Because from next week, episode four will go out on the Friday for you guys and on the following Monday for everybody else. Guys, if you've not tuned in to our patreon.com forward slash BTR Boxing Podcast membership service, please go and do it. Go and have a quick look at it. If you've got a little bit of spare free income every month you'll get extra content that we don't put out to the general public you won't have to listen to any of the ads during the episodes and you'll get early access to all the series based content that we put out there so please just go and check it out we're not asking for a lot just asking for a little bit of support and in return that support allows us to be able to get people to outsource all the work that we do so all the artwork is done by someone professional if we get someone in to help produce episodes or we need access to certain bits of research for episodes that all comes at a price and that price is being helped funded by the patrons of the podcast so that's why we always give them a shout out and why we really appreciate them so if you've not checked it out please do go and look at it because any support really does help us finally as always the social media stuff find us at btr boxing pod on twitter on facebook on instagram and on the youtube channel as well Thank you, as always, for listening. We will be back with another episode very, very shortly. But for now, we hope you enjoy the weekend's fights, and we'll see you next time.
Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.